Last week, we began this study, and I ended really with this question, are you losing to Satan because you're not praying? And this, of course, strikes at each one of our hearts because we know how we fail. We all fail in this area, and I do. And so I'm not pointing fingers at anyone in this matter. Uh, but we need to see the importance of that, and that's where we were last week. When we have all this armor on that we read about and studied about, the breastplate and, and, and all that armor, are we ready for battle? And Paul says, no, you're not. He said, with all of that, pray. And so it's that important. Uh, I look back in my own life uh, and how God has directed my life in glorious and gracious ways. And I can also look back to people I know. Father French, who was an Anglican priest who led me to Christ. Uh, and every time I saw him, he would write me letters. I am praying for you, uh, son in the faith, Sidney. And, and he, he was just a very godly man. And I know he was praying for me. And I could tell. Uh, because of, of how God was working in me. And so prayer uh, uh, is, is that important. We need to be prayer warriors. Yeah. Prayer warriors. You need to pick out somebody who is in real need. Just like Ashley said, Skip, start praying for him. Start praying for him. I mean, I challenge you to do that uh, and, and challenge myself as well. Uh, we saw the reasons to pray uh, because it honors God in various ways. It's important uh, because it shows, and I'm not going to review these, it'll never get through, but that God's in control, totally in control, that uh, we want what he wants. And that's why we pray to him, because he is in control. We need to confess our dependency on him and him alone, for without him we can do nothing, uh, Jesus said. And uh, we are also uh, obeying him, obeying him. It's Im important to obey him. Also, uh, uh, God's ordained prayer as a means to an end. He uses prayer for the end. And uh, we forget sometimes, okay, God's got it all figured out. I'll just leave it with him. That's not what the scripture says. That's not what Paul said. That's not what Jesus did. They prayed. And uh, do you want what's best for your life? And we all do, do we not? Start praying. If you haven't been praying, start praying. I hope you have since last week. Praying more. Being aware of that. Uh, on this side of heaven, we may never know what our prayers have accomplished. You might think, I've been praying for this for 20 years. Well, God's hearing your prayer. Keep praying because he answers prayer. And uh, it's that important. Also, continuing last week, prayer gives us hope for the future uh, because, because God can change the hardest hearts. Prayer gives us hope for the future because God can change the hardest hearts. Do you think God can bring a revival in this nation? 
If you believe that, you'll be praying for that. See, both go together here. We need to be praying for that because I believe God will. He's done it in the past when men and women have prayed. There's a story of a man in England at 15 years of age who was listening to John Flavel, and I've got his works. Brilliant man, a Puritan, and uh, he heard a sermon on a certain text, did not receive Christ, but came to the United States. 85 years later, at the age of 100, he was converted hearing the same text preached on by another preacher in this country. And so I would say that's a miracle for him to come, but he, that's why God works at times. And uh, uh, he, was, he was gloriously saved. And so God is the God who can do the impossible. Let us never forget that. And we can hope for the future. You know, Jesus, uh, a rich man came to Jesus and asked him, what can I do to be saved? Do you ever have people come up to, and, and ask you that? What can I do to be saved? Not very often, but and of course Jesus said, go sell all you have and give to the poor. And follow me. That's verse 22. But anyway, then he says, in beginning in verse 23 of Mark 10, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who was rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. And that's a real camel and a real needle. So it's impossible, is what Jesus was saying. But with God... He can save even rich people. In this case, of course, the man wasn't saved. But uh, he can take impossible people and do incredible things. He did that for me. If you'd have just known me before my conversion, uh, and we're not going to talk about that because I'm not proud of some of those things, so I'm not going to talk about it. But I've known other people who were druggies, who were al- alcoholics, who were uh, murderers, who were, and God changes them by his grace. And that's the God that, that we serve. And uh, we find that prayer is a means of grace, a means of growth. We grow. We can grow in our humility as we learn to depend on him more and more. Uh, humble yourself. Humble yourself uh, before God. And you know, that's really what prayer is, isn't it? It's humbling yourself. I mean, isn't to bow your head humility? Yeah. The king doesn't bow his head before the servants. They bow before him. And uh, he says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. First Peter 5. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. You want to be lifted up? Humble yourself. Not exalt yourself, 
not to think better of yourself than you really are, but to humble yourself. Uh, prayer is a way of committing our needs to our Father's hands and leaving them there to respond as he sees fit, according to his will. As Jesus said, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's what I want in my life. Not my will, but his will uh, to be done. It's, it's uh, sort of the opposite of what the world says. I know the world says, you know, it's all about you and get all you can and can all you get. But that's not what the scriptures teach. Uh, you know, we need to see that we don't pray to him to change his mind. No, we need to pray to him for him to change us and to accept the things in our life that we don't like. Change my heart, O God. Change my heart, O God. Like the psalmist said, change my heart. You see, because prayer is dependency, not dictation. We tend to dictate to God that he has to do this, that, and the other thing for us. For instance, does God heal everybody that we pray for? No. No. Absolutely, he does not. What do you do when God doesn't do what you ask him to do? It's called acceptance. Depending on him because he knows best. But it doesn't mean you're not to pray. Because sometimes he hears and he answers in ways even beyond what you could ever ask or think. You know, Paul had a thorn in the flesh. And he's a good example of God saying no. Because God never says yes to everything we ask for. And there's reasons for that. 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. He says, Or because of these surpassingly great revelations, therefore in order to keep me from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Now this is not a good thing. Okay, humanly speaking, who wants that? Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it from me. Three times. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses. So that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why... For Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God has a reason for what happens in your life. How do you accept it? See, that's that's the challenge. It's not being mad or angry at God because he doesn't give you everything you ask for. You know, gimme, gimme, gimme. No, uh... Uh, We need to accept what he has in store for us. And uh, that's hard to do sometimes because we have an agenda and we want God to meet our agenda. 
and to do what we want him to do. In this portion in Ephesians chapter 6, we find characteristics of prayer given by Paul here. And let me just read this quickly, verses 18 through 20. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that in proclaiming it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Some things we can glean from this. Uh, First of all, we have seen in Ephesians that uh, this is a military uh, topic he is dealing with here. He is talking about all this armor to fight the good fight. And so prayer in the context is in a military sense for fighting the battle. You know, take up the sword of the Spirit, praying. Okay, and it's, it's for fighting. And uh, so he has this in mind. It's in the war, it's in a context of warfare. And prayer is communication. You know, in warfare, now I've never been in warfare, but uh, uh, you watch enough movies to know that when things get real bad, they go to the radio and send in for an airstrike of what is out there in front of them. They don't go, I can handle this. You know, I'm a good shot and there are 5,000 enemy coming at me and we got 200 of us, but we don't need the planes. We No, they cry on that. Please send us, send us help. We're, we're uh, dying down here. And then they had, then they had even a, uh, a signal that was broken arrow, which means don't worry about us. We're being overrun. Uh, we're not going to survive. Uh, so there was a real cry of help. And so this is what Paul is talking about here. Uh, without prayer, uh, the soldier would be isolated and vulnerable. And Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. That's why we don't have. Ask and receive. Not to be self-sufficient, proud, Uh, We need to see we are in a war. John Piper had this quote, which I thought was interesting. He says, until you know life is war, you cannot know what prayer is for. I'll repeat that. Until you know life is war, you cannot know what prayer is for. Interesting, isn't it? In other words, prayer, we're in the context of a battle raging here. And we're crying to God, help, help, help. And you know what? He hears us. And he will, by his grace, help us. And uh, we need to see there's a sense of urgency here too. There's an urgency. Uh, uh, You will pray when you see your need for it. You're not going to pray if you don't see your need for it. So if we're not praying, what is that telling us? We're sufficient. We don't need his help. I've got this. Or maybe you think he doesn't care and there can be 
all sorts of things behind this. Many times we pray for what? Our comforts. Give me, give me, give me. I need more, more, more. It's like being at a hotel and uh, you see the phone over there and you pick it up. Communication, right? Uh, would you please send up uh, breakfast to us? And we go to God for the same, many times for the same thing. It's all about me. Would you please meet all of my needs? We don't think about anyone else. It's all about us. That'll tell you a whole lot about yourself, how much you're praying for other people compared to how much you're praying for yourself. It'll tell you a whole lot about yourself. Spending time in prayer. Not to send me more refreshments so I can be happy, happy, happy. It's not what Paul talked about here in this prayer that we just, in this uh, definition. No. We see, he says, also pray all kinds of prayers. All kinds of prayers, uh, long prayers, short prayers, public prayers, private prayers, spontaneous prayers. Have you ever just prayed spontaneously? Where you just kind of break out in prayer and you go, where did that come from? Maybe you were just overwhelmed with some truth or God spoke to you in a special, and you just spontaneously break out. Wasn't even planned. Uh, so, we need to pray with an outline in mind too. Pray, someone said the word ACTS, A-C-T-S, is a good model. And it is, and I use that. Which is adoration of God. C is for confession of sin. T is for thanksgiving, thanking God. And then S is for supplication. And the trouble is though, we start with S and never even get to ACT. You know, we don't say, thank you, God, for blessing me. And no, it's, you know, on the phone, send me up refreshments. You know, I'm thirsty. Send me a drink or whatever. You know, I'm not happy. You know, send the maid up for this, that, or the other thing. God wants us to talk to Him, to adore Him, to confess our sin to Him, to thank Him because of who He is. Isaiah 59, 1 and 2, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor His ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. It's all about us. Me, 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 me. Selfishness. And then we wonder why God doesn't answer our prayer. So we need to also avoid extremes in prayer. That is just a prayer that is just adoration, which is a good thing. Or prayer which is just thanksgiving and not bringing our supplications and our needs before Him. It needs to be a balanced prayer. A prayer, doesn't matter how long. God, what is He looking at when you pray? Your heart. He says, they worship me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. You know, He hears a prayer 
from a, a broken heart, from a needy heart that says help, that's said in the right way, then a whole lengthy prayer that you might read out of a hymn book, I mean a prayer book or something. He hears help, help, because it's coming from your heart. Amen. We need to remember uh, that as we, as we pray. And uh, prayer also uh, is to be prayed at all times. On all occasions, Paul says here in these verses, uh, everything must be brought to God in prayer. Everything is worth praying about. Did you know there's nothing in your life that's too small to pray to God about? What's going to happen in your life when something becomes too small to pray about? Well, then a little bigger thing becomes too small. Then a little bigger thing than that becomes too small. And after a while, you don't pray about anything because everything's just unimportant. No, he wants you to, he wants you to cry out him and ask him to help you find lost keys. Uh, he wants you to pray about just the smallest details in your life. And all day long, Lord, help me with this. And Lord, direct my steps. Lord, give me the words to say to this person who doesn't know you. That's a great prayer, is it not? So we need to be open uh, to, to talking to God, just to talk, to commune with him and not make it all about us. Then we see prayer should be real. Verse 18 says, in the Spirit, Paul says, pray in the Spirit. means praying with understanding, praying with understanding. Uh, uh, praying, uh, as Jude said, Jude in 19 20 and 20 says, these are the people who divide you, who follow mere natural instincts and do not have the Spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, and praying in the Holy Spirit. See, that's what it is. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying meaningful prayers. Praying as the, as the Spirit of God works in your heart. Uh, you can say, oh Lord, show me how I need to pray. Show me what to pray, how to pray. Praying in the Spirit. Praying with understanding. Prayers that are motiva- motivated by the Spirit. Romans 8, 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit helps us. The Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do, not, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through word, wordless, excuse me, wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So we need to pray for his guidance, his understanding, his wisdom, because uh, he intercedes for us with wordless groans. Have you ever had that happen in prayer? I'm not talking about tongues, but I'm just talking about when you can't come up with words and you just groan and you, know, you just don't even know what to say. And you break out crying and you're just still groaning. It's like a little child, isn't it? Who comes up to his mother and he's just groaning and he's crying. And by golly, you know what? The mother knows what's wrong. 
Now, I never did, but Janine could figure it out. And, oh, that, and I'm going, whoa, how do you do that? Well, the, 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 the Father in heaven is the same way. He knows the groanings of our heart. And He intercedes in our lives so that we might pray correctly. And so, so we serve a great God, do we not? Uh, and uh, this is sincerely, he says, from the heart. The, from the heart. Uh, Psalm 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, that means I can pray then for Cadillacs or a Rolls Royce. Or, is that what that's saying? I don't believe so. Because you see, when you delight in the Lord, what is he going to do? He's going to change the desires of your heart so that you're going to start praying correctly for the right things. So we need to delight in the Lord and ask for direction in our prayers and how to pray. Praying for this church, for this church, uh, uh, for the people in it to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, for, for God to bring people to this church so uh, they can minister to us. So it's all about us and we can brag about how, church, how big the church. No, it's not about us. It's to help them, to minister to other people and to, and to serve each other. See, this is what Paul is saying. He, Paul is, the great apostle is saying, pray for me. Pray for me. And I say the same thing. Pray for me. And I, I feel your prayers. I, I really do. And I know you are praying for me. And uh, so let's be careful of prayers that are just old cliches that we say just to impress people, very formal, self-centered, rote, not real. Uh, I hate when somebody says to me, I'll say a prayer for you. Wasn't there a song, I'll say a little prayer for you or something? I don't know, that just came to my mind. Sometimes. I shouldn't speak everything, everything I think, I guess. But uh, uh, no, I want somebody to say, I'm going to really be praying about that need in your life. I'm just not going to go through the motions, but I'm going to really pray for you because we all need this prayer. Uh, prayer is to be alert. Paul says also in verse 18, he says, be alert. Be alert uh, uh, to what you need to pray for, he says. Be on guard. Uh, pray with your eyes open uh, so that you may watch where you're walking because there are minefields out there and you don't want to step on a mine. Prayer is to be Supplication for all the saints, Paul says here. Praying for others, not just yourself, for your selfish desires. Be specific like Paul was. Uh, prayer is to be missionary-minded. Paul says, pray for me. Uh, pray for those on the front line. Pray for our missionaries. Uh, like we prayed for Chuck this morning and others that are on our hearts. Uh, not thinking that anybody is above the need for prayer. You mean Billy Graham was in need of prayer? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, because preachers struggle, I think, more than anyone else. Why? Because Satan is attacking us more than anybody else. Because we know, he knows, that we are giving forth the word of God and he wants to destroy us. And we see that attack, do we not, all around us. And they're falling. Somebody asked Spurgeon, why is your preaching ministry so fruitful? His answer was, God's people pray for me. Pretty neat. Notice what Paul wanted them to pray for him about. The right words to speak to them. That he would have boldness. That he would make it clear. uh, That... uh, that he would be released from prison. You find that there? Nope, you're in there. See, Paul wasn't even thinking about himself. He was praying for the gospel, that he would be bold in proclaiming the gospel, not to have all the niceties of life, that he could pour out and, you know, pray that, that uh, I would just get everything I need so I can be, pray for my release. So, no, it was none of that. It wasn't about Paul. Uh, He prayed for physical deliverance from whatever the situation, and God said, no, my grace is sufficient. But with Paul, there was no self-pity or anger. Uh, Paul didn't say, you know, "Why why is God doing this to me, as we do so much of the time? Why is God allowing this to happen in my life? Then we find in verse 18 also prayers to be persistent. The idea here in the Greek, it's keep on praying. Keep on praying. Keep on praying. This is what Paul is saying. Not just pray about it one time, but persevere in it. Uh, And perseverance, what does that show when you persevere in prayer? It shows how much you want something. You say, well, I want my son to be saved. Let me ask you, how often are you praying for his salvation? Because that will show you how much you want him to be saved. Is that logic? Does that make logical sense? Yeah, I think it does. And so, uh, how much do you want how much do you want a revival in this nation? Well, I tell you what, if we don't get it, this nation is doomed. That's how important it is. There needs to be a revival of God's people. Are we praying for revival of God's people? You know, Matthew chapter 7, uh, in verses 7 through 11, uh, uh, Jesus said something I think that should encourage all of us. Uh, He said, ask and it will be given to you. Seek. Notice the progression here. Ask, seek, and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? See, the problem is not God. The problem is us. Because he's mighty to save. 
He wants us to cry out to Him. And we see in the past, even in Israel, when they cried out to Him, how He saved them. He came to their aid. But we've got to do the asking. We've got to do the crying out. And so just pray, God, burden my heart over the sin in this country. Bur- burden me about the sin in my own life, Lord. Because I know it's loathsome to you. You hate it. And on and on we can talk about that. But uh, God is more willing to hear than we are to ask. If you saw someone's house burning down and, there's, and they were in there, possibly dying, and the smoke has filled the house and you can't get in, uh, would you go up to the door and go, uh, if, if there's anybody in there, I would like for you to come out now because your house is on fire. I don't think you would. You would start pounding on the door and screaming your lungs out, breaking windows, doing whatever it took for those people in there to hear you. You know, now God, we don't have to do that for God to hear us, thankfully, because He has ears to hear even the groanings of our heart that don't even have to be uttered outwardly in speech. But are we crying out to Him? Are we, are we just realizing that these people are perishing? And we need to cry out to them and knock on the door for them to hear God's Word and the truth of God's Word. Let me just give a few more verses and I'll be done. I have about halfway through. <laughs> but, but, but I'm going to quit. But 1 John 3, 21 and 22. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we keep His commands and do what pleases Him. In other words... Uh, this is not just a name it and claim it. No, we have to come with broken hearts over sin. Uh, We need to desire to do what pleases Him. We need to be a child who is crying out with the right motives. When we ask, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with what? Wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You know, picking up at the hotel. Would you all please send me up something, you know. Here, we're up here suffering and we need more stuff. Give us more stuff, click. That's how we go to God. Don't you know that just makes him sick? When his children don't adore him and confess their sin and thank him and praise him and love him for who he is. And all we want from him is more stuff. So we can get blessed. Boy, what selfishness. How selfish we can be uh, as as his children. No. Uh, Because we want to get and spend what you get on your own pleasures. And uh, the last verse. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. 
that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know what and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him according to his will. You know what? We need to know what his will is. How do you find out what his will is? Right here. Spending time in his word, putting on the whole armor of God, praying. Let's pray. Father, forgive us as your children. Uh, Lord, because we all know how far short we fall of the glory of God. Lord, we, we know that uh, in our flesh dwells no good thing. And we confess together, Lord, uh, our sin uh, that so easily besets us. And, and Lord, I pray that you would work in my heart, that you would work in all of our hearts to cry out to you uh, and to, to knock to knock, to go to you, go to the source, the one who is in charge. Because, Lord, we need you. We're needy people. Help us to see that. In Jesus' name, amen.